in a universe where life does not end at death. We explore the infinite possibilities forged by our very minds. Welcome to our Thedian Anthologies. Greetings, fellow travelers and storytellers. Welcome to the Arthadian Anthologies podcast, where I, MS Arthadian, dive into the ever-expanding universe I'm developing and the deeper meaning behind it all. From what you've gathered from this saga, Plasmatic Knight Kyver Tremere is an enhanced prime that is unique due to his ability to runeforge alongside his ion state. However, his origins are still mostly unknown, with the exception of the mentions regarding his brother. In this final Reborn in Power trilogy in Season 3, you will follow Kyver's brother to a new star system that is mysteriously linked to the coming New Age. Technology progresses from the innovations devised by individuals that seek advancement. Mass adoption of these innovations is one of the goals that these so-called scientists of the core wish to succeed in. Furthermore, since the reset occurred, scientists realize that some technological advancements are just mundane discoveries from centuries past. These discoveries are spearheaded by archivists and sages from the Alliance. As command colonies have been established over the course of a century, expeditions to find lost knowledge have been sent out. Teams made up of an archivist, runeforger, and specialized command squadrons have been tasked with finding lost archive data from before the reset. However, the Alliance is not the only extraplanar civilization working towards newfound discoveries. In fact, over the last century, a massive expanse of this prominent empire has made its claim across the realms. This is where our story unfolds. Near the cosmic membrane of the core, Deep within the Synchronous Realm, a colony was established by an elite plasmatic knight known as Invaz Zector. The star system this colony is found in is known as Cravion. This colonization took place in cycle 120 ACR, approximately 17 cycles before the current mark. Since Cravion's discovery, there are five worlds in the system that the Rin Empire has colonized with them being known as the most energy-efficient colonies across the Rin Empire, Cravion has garnered the attention of many notable figures. Our focus, on the other hand, is on one plasmatic knight, one plasmatic cyanite, that began the plasmatic arts in the nebulae colonies of the Rin Empire. 
assigned to a specialized directive upon placing in the top 95th percentile for all Sinites. Split from his only family, Kyver Tremere, and prepared for the facing challenges that await him. His name is Deacon Tremere, and this is his story. On Mark First of Einzo, in the Divergence Array of Cycle 137 ACR, a team of Sinites has a special directive that was assigned to them six cycles prior. Since their arrival to the Cravion system, they have been learning all they can about their new home, utilizing their ingenuity to establish newfound Rin tech trading amongst the nearby colonized systems. For you, Deegan, you've become the go-to Steinite for all mechanical, mechanically crafted materials, specifically in regards to enhancements for any sin or enhanced individuals needing a calibration. This is due to your many cycles in calibrating your brother's enhancements when you both were in the Nebulae Convergence. Having been stationed in the Rossic sector of Cravion 1. You have been working alongside another Cyanite closely. Her name is Ephenra, and she specializes in the construction of plasmatic rift gates. You know these to be anchor ports for interplanetary to interstellar space travel. With sending the better part of with spending the better part of three cycles working with each other trading insights into mechanical blueprints and concepts of energy manifestation, you know Fenra to be one of the other Sinites that received the same mission directive as you. As the mark of your directive finally arrived, you receive a notification on your codex, specifying coordinates to meet on Cravion 3 at 2200 hours. Attached to it is a message addressing you directly. Plasmatic Knight, Deacon Tremere. Thank you for the patience and discipline you've shown leading up to this research directive. Soon, you'll come to understand why you and your new team have yet to receive scans regarding this assignment. Our hope is that once this project has been completed, the Ren Empire will have a greater connection to its many thousands colonized worlds. Your assigned directive is unique compared to the others. Your your technological insights we believe will prove useful in the months to come. You'll also be working closely with one of the lead scientists across the Foundation region. Once you arrive at the lab, I will greet you personally to our team. One of you, one of whom you should be familiar with. Please come to the Tower of Zector an hour before our meeting. Thank you, and I look forward to newfound discoveries. Elite Plasmatic Knight, Invaz Zector. As the hour reaches the 21st, 
and you and Afenra use the Rift Gate in Rossic to transport to the Rin Tower of Cravion 3. Upon your arrival, there are three plasmatic knights standing there. As a center one approaches the two of you, you can see in the way he carries himself. He is a master. Greetings! Welcome to Cravion 3 and the Tower of Zector. I am Master Harview Glen. Our elite has informed me of your directive coordinates and tasked me to escort you there. Fenra glances toward you with curiosity in her eyes and she responds for the two of you. Thank you for your gracious hospitality. She bows before him. What do you do? I also bow. Hi. Thank you. Have you? Oh, it's my pleasure. He shakes his head. We are honored to have you here. His tone is almost appreciative. Like they've been anticipating your arrival for some time. Please, if you follow us, we will take you to the drop zone. If you would like to roleplay, you may. As you guys begin to walk uh, over to a door chamber, uh, you know would most likely take you to the lift that goes through each level of the of the Rin Tower. So, Fenra, is this the first time you've met with Invaz? I, I, yes, I'm honestly, I'm quite surprised that he, this is actually, the, the, the directive that we're on is for him. Yes, I feel uniquely uh, nervous in this moment that we've been specifically requested. But I can feel that there's importance Yes, yet to be discovered. This is a, this might be some a, a big discovery. As you reach the central lift of the Rin Tower, it lowers down 75 levels until you reach the ground level. Usually, in capital towers, there are hundreds of knights walking around the hundreds of levels the tower has to offer. However, here, you've only counted a couple dozen. Exiting the lift, Ephenra looks over at you. She's like, quite odd. At Crivion 1, we have almost like 200 knights here. I've only seen like, I don't know, like 30 so far. Yeah, it's quite strange. And they're all senior, if not high officials. Yeah. Should we ask? Maybe um, we should wait uh, okay. until we meet it within Vaz and yeah. then inquire later. Mm-hmm. And she nods, exiting the tower doors, stepping down the staircase leading to the landing path where a massive paved road is designed in every Rin society where pods and vessels land to explore the rich cultural landscape. You notice that all of this is here except for the fact that there is no one walking down the path. It is empty. And usually, at the end of each landing path is a Rin Zoid, where shops, restaurants, housing... It's almost like an indoor city within a metallic trapezoid bunker seen across the horizon. But here, you see nothing but the plasmatic field that the Rin Tower of Zector 
is charging. Master Yuglen and the other two knights escorting you both begin approaching the nearest landing platform where a Rin 88 Whirlbolt is anchored. If you like, you may roll a craft knowledge check. First roll, first roll, first roll. <laughs> D12, yeah. Oh, water bottle. Crit, crit. Um, it would be the first roll. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, so this one is um, plus four. Right. Um, 26. 26? Speaking to the mic. 26. 26, everyone. 26 for the first roll. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know that 88 Whirlbolts are made to withstand extreme radiation and gravity, allowing them to orbit high-mass stars without causing damage to their hull. They are also tanks in space combat against ion and radiation weaponry. Makes you wonder why you're going into a ship like this. Ephemera is walking alongside you. Would you like to roleplay? You know what type of ship that is, right? Uh, You're better at that kind of stuff than me. That ship is designed to withstand the most extreme environments. We're going to explore something (laughs) very important. I hope you're ready for a ride. Okay, okay. And she nods. As you approach the vessel with them, you see the doors of it open. Entering the vessel, the craft bay door is closed behind you. As one of the knights say, Right this way, to the lounge. We've made sure to stock up some refreshments for our trip to the drop zone. And you see, Fenra is just curious about, well, drop zone has been mentioned twice now. She doesn't quite understand what it means. Um, But you see, the knight is motioning towards the left hall where you see it, it's almost like there's two hallways and then one leading up up to like a, a staircase which looks like the cockpit and then two hallways going down uh, to the right and the left but he's motioning to the left one uh looking down the why why like looking down the wind the winding hall he motions towards uh, a fenra begins walking that way what do you do master how long until we reach our destination. He looks back at you. He's like, um, the destination is probably going to be about like 40 minutes or so away. Uh, but our night here will show you everything that you need to know inside the, lo- the lounge. You can uh, relax and enjoy your stay until we reach the, the drop zone. And he nods to you. 
and Ephemera kind of like looks back at you and waits for you to join her. Okay, I, will, I continue. And the knight follows behind you. Entering the lounge, you see a couch furnished with bright sky blue cushions. cushions. Uh, on the wall to your left is a large screen that has a documentary that is muted, uh, running about Emperor Zon and one of his many exploits. Behind the couch is a wide kitchen area with a dining table that has hors d'oeuvres spread across it. Uh, you hear the knight from behind you say, feel free to help yourself to anything you'd like and make yourself comfortable. Um, also, and he goes over to one of the walls and you see him uh, place a hand on, on the panel and the panel scans it and then all, all of a sudden out, out of it are two safety harness like seats to sit down at. It's like, um, when... When the master comes on the intercom, he will uh, announce for the two of you to please take your seat at this. The, the safety harness is here. And strap in. And Fenrir is like, are we leaving the world or, or something? Uh, more like we are entering the world. And she looks at you and she gives you this like Wide, wide smirk, but a nervous smirk. <laughs> um, if you like to role play with, with her, you can. Uh, you see, the knight is like, he he bows to the both of you, and then he begins to walk back to his station. Fenra looks over at you. And is like, uh, so it seems we are here to relax a little bit. She goes over to the table, grabs a little a little snack she begins to eat it mm. sweet careful to not uh, stock up on too many snacks there seems like we'll be in for a bumpy ride <laughs> I'm sure it's not going to be that bad unless of course they are dropping us at a, the drop zone down beneath the surface. Do you think this has something to do with the... She looks around, <laughs> seeing if there's any cameras or any microphones or anything like that, looking around. She's like, do you think they're taking us to, like, the... Ancient civilization. If anybody was going to make that discovery, it would have to be us. Well, I'm sure they've already probably discovered it, and whatever we're going down there for is needs our special attention. Yes, that's more specifically what I meant. <laughs> what do you think it is? I can't wait to find out. Any speculations? Honestly, none. There's no record besides our knowledge of what we know. The fact that it's even here is, as you checked around, supposed to be extremely discreet. 
Yes. Yes. Well, uh, I, I suppose... I suppose one snack wouldn't hurt before we get down there. <laughs> you you begin to eat. <laughs> as, as the two of you kind of snack a little bit, you try to, you know, keep it to a minimum so that, you know, if, in case your stomach starts to rumble through this journey, doesn't come out one end or the other. It's already uneasy with uh, anticipation. Mm-hmm. Um. But over the course of uh, half an hour, the two of you relax as the vessel heads to the meeting location into this drop zone that has been mentioned several times now. Then, suddenly, in the midst of your relaxation, the intercom comes online and you hear the voice of Master Yuglen. Passengers, if you can... Please strap into a safety harness nearby. We are about to pass the drop zone threshold, which can become quite problematic at times like this one. I repeat, please strap in immediately. Thank you. I go and I strap in. She goes and straps in next to you, and she begins... uh, Beginning to get everything all situated. You then hear a... strange noise come from around you as suddenly uh, strapping into the near safety harness, a sudden jerk causes you to lurch forward and whiplash your head against the wall behind you. Roll me an endurance check. Hurts that bad. Nineteen. Nineteen? All right. You feel the the blunt the blunt force of, of the back of your head kind of like get hit for, for a moment. You do take... Let's see if I get this. Okay, not that bad. You take three points to your stamina. Suddenly, surrounding all the electronics in the lounge are arcs of multicolored streams of energy. You hear melodic overtones that increase in volume until they begin to rupture your eardrums. I need another endurance check, please. Fifteen. Fifteen? Yeah. Uh, that is six more points to your stamina. And and you you can he- you can hear these the, this like melodic tone, these overtones continuing to rise, but it's 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 almost it's almost mesmerizing everything that's going on all, with all the streams of, of energy flowing around you uh, and time begins to slow and then 
a ringing begins bouncing around in your head, like a tennis ball being struck by the rackets in your mind. I need you to roll me a discipline check. Seven. Seven? Than that one. Oh, fuck. Even though you're, you have been keeping your up your physicality, your mind falls into a deep fatigue. A bright white light shines in your mind's eye, but begins to shatter like glass. As the shards fall, you see before you the world you were born into, the devastation so intense that the anguish causes you to have extreme terror to a point of paralysis. The space extends across the horizon. The flames and explosions echoing in your mind. And it's almost like the This ominous vibration within this space sounds like a language that translates through your subconscious as a shattering light for a new age. And suddenly, Your vision comes to, and you hear, you hear nothing. You look around, it's bright white light is shining in front of you, above you. Everything else is black. You know, when a a bright, you're just staring into a bright light and you can't see anything around you. You have no feeling in your arms, legs right now. No feeling in your body. You try to move your neck. You feel paralyzed. And then you're trying to listen for any any sounds. You hear clicks. There. Quiet until finally it begins to come through. Sounds that begin to kind of echo across the room. You can't feel anything. And then you hear a 
as suddenly a a door opens up and it stepping through and you see a, a, a face kind of uh, appear like a silhouette face appearing right next to you and the it moves the light and you see Fenra standing there she looks at you like, are you okay? Can I speak or? You try to move your lips. Go ahead and roll me a. Roll me a. an endurance check. Nineteen. You struggle and force your mouth to open, and you're able to get out probably like a few sentences, you feel like, but it's painful. What happened? I, I don't know. I, I saw, I saw a strange, like a strange pattern in my eyes. I don't know what you... Did you see something did you, when, when we went through? Just light. Bright light. We're in the lab right now. Um, I can't feel my body. <laughs> Your muscles are paralyzed. Temporarily, we... There is a... Uh, there is a doctor here. One of our team members is here. You've been you've been unconscious for about three hours now. Um, I'm gonna go get him, and you hear the door closes. You sit there. Trying to make sense of what just happened. The door reopens. And you hear. Um. Uh, hello? Uh, you, you, you are, uh, you are Deacon, correct? Pleasure to meet you. I am, um, I am Ronvel. Uh, Ronvel Ave, I, uh, a cyanide like yourself. Um, let's let's see. Let's, let's check your your vitals and everything. You see, you you hear a <laughs> all right. It looks like you're beginning to. Well, you're fighting. <laughs> you're fighting. That's for sure. Um, I'm going to give you some. Uh, a shot, and you you need to tell me if you can feel it, okay? And you see, he pull you. You hear, and he comes over to you. Uh, go ahead and roll me a. Go ahead and roll me just a straight fortitude. Fifteen. 
seven. Straight fortitude? Did you roll a one again? <laughs> it's always when it really matters is it's, when I roll it, it, a one. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Because uh, the way I like the way my system works is it. You got really unlucky on the last one. <laughs> no, you don't say. Because <laughs> e- even if you roll a one, you could still succeed uh, on these. Like, it's just, okay. Anyways, it's a lot harder. Yeah, uh, it's a lot harder when I roll a four on a d one hundred. But I rolled a seventy four on this one, so uh, you you feel a slight pinch uh, in your tricep area and feeling is starting to come back to your muscle you can kind of you can flex it a little bit but you feel like it's going to take some time how does that feel tell me um, can you feel it I felt that good good it means that it's not permanent (laughs) good um well, uh, you are—you are quite unlucky. I'm, I'm sorry that this happened to you. Most of us only experience these strange, strange patterns, like white and black cubic patterns that enveloped our vision and began to hear voices and stuff. But it seems like you got the worst of it. Did I die? <laughs> <laughs> he, sorry, that that is not his laugh. <laughs> but uh, just just the way you looked at me, just like, did I die? <laughs> um, he looks at you. And he's like, no, not entirely. We believe that the this anomaly when we drop through the drop zone um, it comes from the artifact that we that we are going to be researching actually (laughs) actually uh, it might be best for us to gather everyone in here so that we can talk to you about what's going on we actually already had the meeting with Invaz um while you were unconscious, so I'll, I'll go get the other, the other cyanites, and we can explain to you everything. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes out the door. I'm sorry that this happened. <laughs> <clears throat> Returning back after a moment, multiple footsteps. Come in, Ephenra. You're here. She's like, All right, well, I'm. This is so. This is so crazy. And you hear, Not to worry, my dear. It's going to be fine. I'm sure. I'm sure everything. He'll he'll probably recover within the next three marks, and we'll probably end up having a really good time over the next few months. I'm so excited. (laughs) And you hear Ronville. He's like, Don't. Don't don't get get all worked up, okay? We need to we need to relay the information to him. Um, uh, Deegan, can you? 
are you able to lift up your head at all or move or anything like that? Actually, you see he goes over and he begins to... Your, your body begins to ache a bit. I need your Romeo endurance check. Thirteen, thirteen. You, it's painful. It is painful as your your it, your body begins to bend forward from this. Uh, this this bed is beginning to move upward. Um, are you gonna say anything? <laughs> you do take. You do take. 10 points to your stamina. <laughs> and you're... <clears throat> it, it's hurting. Do you, do you say anything or are you gonna... Just grunt. Okay, you just grunt. It's like, I'm sorry, do, do you want me to stop? So, I'm not paralyzed to the point of no feeling. Just, I'm paralyzed... To the point I can't move. Yeah. Ah, uh, great. <laughs> it, it's almost like over the over the time you're you're starting to get feeling back. You maybe it maybe it's caused from the shot that you got. Uh, but you are aching. It's like bad aches. Anytime you move. And speak. Speaking isn't very bad. It's like it's like a pinch. It's like a pinch in, in your in your like muscles and in your jaw and what. But you're able to like move your mouth a little bit. Uh you are able to see these people. You see Fenra standing before you. You also see Ronville Ave and another Sinite you, you have not met. She uh she looks over at you. Deacon Pleasure to meet you. I am Lanya Rasik. Um, you know, actually, roll me a lore check. It's gonna be pretty easy. It's fourteen. Yeah, you, uh, you, you, uh, you recognize the the last name. Uh, uh, Rasik is the name of the Rasik capital where on Cravian Run won so she's probably some kind of nobility or like like part of a family that owns basically the Rin Tower was was the one that helped uh, construct the Rin Tower in Rossic the the Rossic Tower um yeah she looks over Lanya Rossic and Fenra looks at you like um so are are you okay do you do you need us to give you anything if you could help with the pain oh yes i will I'll get some pain painkillers for you he comes he goes over and grabs another another needle and then administers it into your your IV, and it just kind of goes through, and you begin to get numb again. 
and you look at them. <sighs> That's better. Pleasure to make your acquaintance, Lonya. Your pleasure is mine. I, I, um, and she nods. So, so how should we go about telling him everything that we know? Fenra looks up. It's like, there is a, uh, a lot of technology down here that we, we don't quite understand. And you are going to be assigned to trying to, trying to figure out how it works. Um, there's also a strange, she smiles, a beautiful, strange artifacts. We don't quite understand them, but they're like, they are like a how do I explain it that there are five tesseract objects that are just floating in the middle of in the core of this world actually um, we are at the planet's core in a laboratory. Massive. And this planet is completely hollow. And there is an ancient civilization of some kind that was here. Advanced enough to drill into a, the core of a world and completely excavate it and create its own self-sustaining ecosystem down here. Are these artifacts all together? They they orbit each other. Did you get a scan for their base signatures? <laughs> they are the energy is cosmic quantum spark just like our rift gates um <laughs> no other data no um we have apparently actually they had a they had a team around uh, cycle one twenty nine that went to go investigate the these artifacts and they were vaporized on entering its field. So we we are tasked with trying to make sense of them from afar. 
capable of vaporization be far better than what I just went through. Yes. Probably an instant death. Is, uh... Is this all Invaz? That said? Um... He... There, there is another team that will be joining us in this research assignment. A team from... Specifically from Vicroniax, the pillar. Uh, he is... They're led by a scientist who is going to be working alongside you specifically. Um, his name is... Well, didn't get his actual full name, just TL. And he, there is a Kron and a Innocent with him. Um, the Kron is named Marmaduke, 18, and... Isen is named Reggie, 12. 12. Uh, it's interesting. I don't know. They seem interesting. Marmaduke is specifically tasked to help with the excavation down on the surface of the... Oh, of the ruins city. And he's going to be helping with well, apparently there is, there is wildlife on this world, in, in this world. What is the orientation of this core? When you, you say completely hollowed out, there is no core at the center? The core is the, the five artifacts, the five tesseracts. And how large is their field of energy? They probably have a diameter of around... 500 miles across. The world... Or the... It's all... It, it creates a gravitational field like... That of... A ringed... A ringed capital environment like the one uh, in the west of of the harbor uh, there but it's like all around so the gravity allows you to walk across the surface the inverse surface of the world um but yes but this gravity doesn't pull us to it it's creating no. its own artificial gravity within the planet yes and um Apparently, there's a there's this event which happens every probably if every few months there's an event that occurs where a a solar storm comes in and it absorb the artifacts absorb this the energy from Cravion the star. And it disperses the energy out to the other worlds. Which is how the Cravion system is so self-sufficient. And also apparently 
there aren't any other artifacts like this on the other world, so. Just tunnel systems. So it may not be just the star that generates the power. It could be it's these this. artifacts. It's, it, most likely it's, it is this. And you see Alanya is like, oh, most definitely it is these artifacts. Um, it's... But we can only research and examine from afar while we have our Kron and Sin be our boots on the ground, so to speak. How up close and personal can we really get? Well, apparently there will be there will be expeditions on the surface for us, so that we can actually explore what what is going on. This is going to be a long research assignment. Um, we're tasked with trying to trying to learn all we can about it and see see how we can probably replicate it because replicating this it could mean the harvesting of not only this star's energy on another system but all the other systems yes a network a full network connected between self-sustaining constantly renewable energy it's it's almost too much it'll be the fundamental aspect for a plethora of new technology can you imagine It's... <laughs> Ronvo kind of, kind of comes over. He's like, I'm here to make sure that you guys don't die <laughs> with all our research. Seems but, I mean, I, I, I do want to learn maybe, maybe there might be medical adaptations that can assist in the energy, the energy, how, how it flows, it, it allows for different opportunities, different, different ways that we can harness it, potentially. Anya, did, did you, can, can you show him? Yes, and she pulls out a codex. It's like, I was able to, uh, I was able to find a, a some kind of it's almost like an algorithm that that the vibrations of these tesseracts kind of disperse across the across Curvion three. Um it's how it, it's able to make a self sustaining gravitational f- source through it. But th- it's also possible that it could through different radiation patterns it could create source as in like healing energy to allow for to, to allow for immortality for everyone that lives 
within its field. Based on the research and data you have so far, would you be able to tell if these tesseracts or artifacts were indeed the cause of the void anomaly as we entered this and area? You see, um, Fenra comes up and is like, it, it wasn't void in nature. Um, whatever anomaly that comes through, it's it's almost as if we're passing through the field that this these tesseracts give off. Um, How come we were not vaporized? Well, we were far enough away. And also the ship. The radiation that the ship is able to protect us from. Were you also able to see the ethereal lights throughout the... Oh, all of us actually apparently saw, or every, everyone that comes through here sees these... It's almost like they are... Uh, uh, the radiation still penetrates through the hull of the ship. They're like this glistening white and black cubic pattern that envelops our vision. Um, and then we all hear, heard voices from our past as well. Um, and then this weird echo that rippled and shattered the space that we were in. Uh, but apparently, apparently, Invaz heard a voice through this ominous vibration, like a language. But he described it as like this. We're not sure exactly how these things are, but it said something about a shattering light for a new age. Which is exactly what you heard. And they just stare at you. Why would you know that? It, it was Invaz that heard it. wrong, Fenra says. I'm overwhelmed. And disappointed I can't be of more assistance right now. I'm sure, like... Well, take your time to rest. The other team hasn't, hasn't arrived just yet. Um, but once they do arrive, we'll be beginning... Everything and I believe I believe Invaz wants to speak to you pr- privately about some things as well. Um, and when you when you see the laboratory, he'll 
you'll be amazed. Okay. And she goes and pats your shoulder. I'm excited for us to begin our research. And Ronville comes over and is like, oh, this is going to be such an interesting experience, and I hope that we all get along. Anya's like, don't worry. I'm sure we'll all get along, but, I mean, I, I, I get first dibs at, at, at uh, the, the scans down, down below, okay? Apparently there are, like, life forms down there. But the life forms are. are. they aren't. they aren't. Uh, carbon based or. or they're. they're not even. they're not like what we are. So. we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I mean. It might be a little bit scary down there, so we'll have to keep our guard up if, if we're going down there. But for now, I, I think it would probably be better for us to focus in the laboratory. And she's like, okay, l- l- let's let's give him some space so that he can rest. And Ravel nods. Anya nods. Nods to you. And they all leave the room. As you sit there, thinking about all of all of what you have learned thus far, you begin to get better. A few marks pass, and. You begin to feel your muscles moving. At a certain point, you can't really, you still can't move your legs, but you can move your upper body. And it's time for you to begin to explore the lab as they give you a a hover chair so you can get onto it and hover around. And as you get onto it and you begin to explore the laboratory, door opens you look out and you see you are inside this long uh, like circular hall that lights up with lights at the bottom and everything is just glass around you like thick glass but you are able to see the lights, these purple and blue lights stemming from across, all around you, outside of this lab, you see towering structures that have, some of them have been, have crumbled and decayed over time, but you do see occasional lights that flicker and then zoom past, zoom through, and it's beautiful. As you hover through, you reach another door chamber that opens up, and before you is a massive laboratory that is 
uh, almost like a, like a large cylinder that goes around, and you see there are state different stations for different objects. You see a pod that is there, an alien vessel, and the technology kind of it has those same those same uh, glows to it, and they pulsate. And you see the other. Uh, occasionally, you see, you'll, you'll see like Ron, Ron will go over and and check check some systems, and you and there's a bunch of computer systems all all attached to to objects that they they almost look like they're bricks and different like 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 just different objects within within the natural world, but they're all but they're all tech technologically like they're all technology in some way but but as you see them he he actually plugs in a brick to a system and you see it begins to charge up and uh, he is beginning to kind of look through the actual monitor and it begins to explain all the different like the the, the material makeup of that brick in coded language and you see Fenra is over in the side uh, trying to she she goes and presses her hands on onto an object like what looks like a large, almost like an obelisk of some kind, and she presses her hands onto it, and she you see her activate her her ion state, and then it, it charges through it, and then it begins to pulse out energy, and then all the other objects around it pulse out energy, like. Uh, all throughout, and it's almost like a, a a chained reaction going through. And as you are hovering over, you go over to the central uh, station where you see inside. It's completely uh, blackened, so you can't see inside. But there is a door, and you approach it, and you enter. The door opens up. And sitting there, in the center of this closed-off hexagonal cha- chamber, you see a uh, this man. He has this long black hair that goes down to around his around his torso, and his eyes. Are this bright blue, and he has rather, rather pale skin. And he looks at you like, "Hello, Deacon. Glad that you are finally up. I'm improving." I wanted to speak to you. Speak to you specifically about 
your role here. You'll be working closely with Temp Lontex, better known as TL. He... Well, he's actually one of the top scientists on Vicroniax currently. And your priority is going to be trying to figure out how these these objects throughout this world is created. Because we believe that We believe that those tesseracts, these artifacts, they're creating them. Who's they? The artifacts. The artifacts themselves are creating artifacts? Creating the objects surrounding the entire civilization. The objects in the laboratory? Well, we we did have some expeditions down on the surface, and we brought them up here to study them. But how they are made is another thing entirely. They seem to be interconnected with no physical tether. Like interacting with one another. Yes. We believe it has some kind of something to do with the quantum realm, perhaps. But could this be the life that uh, Fenra and Lonya were referring to? Oh no, the life is very much alive, like so- moving. Alive. These are just inanimate objects. But response, like from stimuli, just like we saw, wouldn't that concede to possible intelligence between these inanimate objects? Perhaps it's almost like trees, fauna. It's the ecosystem. You'll probably make more sense of it once you reach the surface. The team that TL is bringing, he will. They will. They will be arriving shortly, within the next mark, and you. We'll get to go to the surface first with them. In Vaz, if I am to be correct and there is life down here, wouldn't this be incredibly dangerous? It will be dangerous, but... The risks we're taking, what kind of protection are we being offered? It's not to worry. You are a trained plasmatic knight, aren't you? Yes, and I nearly lost my life on the journey down here. Yes. I'm sorry about that. 
I may ask, what did you see? Multicolored beams of radiation throughout the ship. And then nothing. Except a bright ethereal light and a voice to follow. Did the voice say... A shattering light for a new age. As you nod, he looks down. To understand this, we're going to need to... It's almost like the, the Tesseracts are communicating with us. Perhaps we should see if we can communicate back. So, once your legs are healed, you'll be sent down to the surface. And do not worry about the the threats that you might face down there. You're more than capable. And as that as he says this and you finish up your conversation with him you head out. And you begin to do some exercises, beginning to recover. And that's where we'll end this first session. Physical therapy. Physical therapy. <laughs> You'll get um, 15 CP. you all for listening to this rather interesting session. I didn't expect you to fall that quickly. <laughs> Promise I'll work on my rolls. Oh, pro- <laughs> Alright, everyone. Manifesting 12s from now on. Manifesting 12s from now on. I thank you for listening to this session. Deacon will return next week for his expedition to the surface of Cravion 3. If you are just now joining the anthology, check out artheadinanthologies.com for more content that expands this new expanding universe. You can also support the creation of this podcast by donating through the link found in the description of this episode. Until next time, travelers. Be safe. Stay safe. And if death comes to you, may you be reborn in power. <laughs>